Welcome to the next episode of The Common Good, NJ21 United's podcast. My name is Adam Sheridan. I'll be your host. I'm a seventh grade English teacher in South Jersey, and I'm one of the NJ21 United caucus organizers. This episode is titled Teach Against the Machine because we're going to examine how the political machines that control New Jersey politics subvert democracy, prevent progress for voters as a whole, and hurt public workers. We're going to be joined by Kate Delaney, President of the South Jersey Progressive Democrats and Chair of the Collingswood Borough Democratic Committee. Welcome to The Common Good. Okay, so for our guest tonight, we're joined by Kate Delaney. Uh, Kate is the chair of the Collingswood Borough Democratic Committee, which is an important position you're going to learn more about here in just a minute. Kate, welcome to The Common Good. Thanks for having me. So as you said, I am the chair of the Collingswood Democratic Committee, and we are a team of 16. We ran and won off the line in the June 4th primary. Um, We ran against the column one machine candidates, and we are part of the larger Camden County Democratic Committee. And in addition, I am the president of the South Jersey Progressive Dems, and our goal is to build a large regional organization with different municipal teams and to work collectively in restoring democracy to Camden County. So I guess for full transparency, we should mention that I'm also part of South Jersey Progressive Dems. I'm the the organizing director, so you're technically my boss. (laughs) Except that we don't except we don't get paid. Exactly. All volunteer positions here. Yes. So you mentioned that you ran against the machine. Can you, for people that don't, don't know what you're talking about, what machine are you talking about? So we are talking about the Norcross machine, and they are present throughout the state, certainly throughout um, South Jersey and home bases right here in Camden County. And who are they led by? Um, we should start with the story of when we met um, the Prince of Darkness, George Norcross, <laughs> the other night. Tell us the story. Yeah, so we were at Outer Lamberti, which is a frequent spot that George Norcross and the Norcross machine use for their fundraisers, and they were having yet another fundraiser event. And so this uh, this protest, this fundraiser, it was different, right? So since they have all these fundraisers, often we've been outside in the parking lot protesting, and we thought, why not mix it up a little bit and instead be on the inside? Um There's a feeling, I think, amongst the machine that even though they are very powerful in South Jersey, that they somehow feel that their operations are kind of invisible. So I think our goal, my goal certainly was for them to see that we're there. We see them. We know what's going on. Um, So they were there to enjoy a really expensive dinner. We were just there for happy hour, which was nice. And we watched the different um, machine loyalists coming in and paying their money, and we knew George was in attendance. Um, They were watching us, but they spent a lot of time not looking at us, and we were just hanging out, and eventually George Norcross walked over with Jim Beach and Mike Porch, who is the executive director of the Camden County Democratic Committee, um, and they said hello, or George Norcross said hello. Jim Beach was a lot less friendly, and uh, it was an interesting exchange. (laughs) Now, this is unusual, right? Because George Norcross almost never shows himself in public, at least not where people can can see him, right? Right. So again, I think they really prize the idea that somehow they're invisible. 
but they're not invisible. The, the progressives are not playing along with that idea. Yeah, so we should talk more about uh, George Norcross since this is a, a teacher and public worker focused po podcast. Uh, one of the consistent messages that, that we want to get across is that we know that teachers in New Jersey, they just want to close their door and teach kids. That's what they signed up for and, and that's why they're here. Um, but that's not an option for us anymore. And George Norcross and his South Jersey Democratic machine are a big part of the reason why. So let's, uh, let's talk about who is George Norcross. Let's give a quick history of, of George himself. Sure. So George is um, the party boss. So he's unelected. No one has ever voted in George Norcross. Or actually, he was for a while, long ago, in 1989, I believe, um, the chair of the Camden County Democratic Committee, which is now chaired by Jim Beach. Um, but since then, has not held any elected office. Instead, he's very much kind of the, the puppet master, and he is responsible for a lot of the musical chairs that happens amongst elected officials in Camden County, certainly, and again, throughout the state. Um, he is the chair of Cooper Hospital, the chair of the board, um, and he also is the head of Connor Strong and Bucklew, which is an insurance company, um, a giant insurance company that, whether we know it or not, all our municipalities give a lot of money to each year. And so, uh, George Norcross, he, he has a childhood friend that's pretty important in uh, New Jersey state politics, right? That would be our good friend, Steve Sweeney. And Steve Sweeney, what does he do? Um, so Steve Sweeney is the Senate president, again. Um, and Sweeney and Norcross, and I would argue, you know, all the machine polls to a certain extent, really make their decisions based on what will be profitable for them as individuals. Um, so, you know, Steve Sweeney and Lou Greenwald, the LD6 assembly person, my assembly person, um, are the sponsors of Path to Progress. Um, I was kind of hoping that maybe they would be there at Alto Lamberti so I could share my feelings about Path to Progress with them. Um, so yeah, so the, I mean, it's all about everything has to be profitable and mutually beneficial for members of the machine. And then the public is kind of an afterthought. A lot of this stuff that happens, a lot of the, the machinations by George Norcross in terms of insurance or municipal jobs happens below eye level for most people. So, you know, I think what progressives want to do is sort of wake people up to how our dollars are being spent, how policy is being decided, and it's not necessarily in the interest of the common good so much as, you know, the good of the machine. So what about the people who say that um, the power that we're saying that George Norcross wields, that we're making this up, that this isn't how any of this works? What, what kind of proof or evidence do we have for this assertion that this is really George Norcross controlling everything from behind the scenes? I think we can look at the allegiances of our local elected officials. Um, so one thing that I've been interested in examining more fully um, and have brought other progressives with me, including you, um, is looking at the Camden County Municipal GIF, so the Joint Insurance Fund, um, which writes insurance policies for all the municipalities of Camden County um, and is basically a way that George gets lots of money from all of our towns. And in order to do that, he needs to have someone in each of our towns who is going to go along with this in exchange for rubber stamping all of these contracts and making sure that the money flows consistently to him, to Connor Strong and Bucklew, and then to his subsidiaries, J.M. Montgomery and PERMA, um, he makes sure that his loyalists stay in office. So he does tons of fundraising and the machine has a giant war chest that they can just move around and 
you know, kind of make the dollars be wherever they need to be, whatever candidate is up for election next. And what are the Palmyra tapes? Because I think the Palmyra tapes are probably the, the best evidence because it comes right from George that that he really is behind all this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, the Palmyra tapes are old, but still relevant. So they were made in 2000, 2001. Um, so the mayor of Palmyra, who was still the mayor, um, wore a wire and then had these backroom conversations with George Norcross and they were all really telling. Um, so George made a lot of requests. His specific, most specific requests were about people he wanted fired. So he wanted the mayor of Palmyra to get rid of a solicitor he didn't like. Um, and in exchange for getting rid of the solicitor, he offered to make the mayor of Palmyra um, a commissioner on the board of elections. And in fact, if you look at the Camden County Board of Elections, there are people on there who have very close ties to George Norcross. Um, the chair of the Board of Elections of Camden County, in fact, is a fundraiser for General Majority, which is George Norcross's pack. It's like the Palmyra tapes were this behind the scenes look at how decisions get made and, you know, how contracts get written. There's another person that's made a judge, basically, because Norcross decides they should be made a judge. Um, so just saying this person's in, this person's out, and almost as if, you know, what voters decide is incidental. It doesn't matter. Not just the, you know, the control of these contracts and things, but your choice as a voter has essentially already been made for you by the time you get into the, the voting booth. Because if a candidate's not George Norcross approved and the machine approved, then they never get on the ballot. And we should unpack that a little bit because if we're going to say that path to progress and everything and that's wrong with New Jersey can't be fixed through the normal course of things. We should break down exactly why that is. We're going to start by talking about um, our undemocratic system of government. And that undemocratic system has three components. The first is the ballot line, which is uh, manipulating the physical design of the ballot itself to privilege candidates who are approved of by political insiders and political bosses. The second is the way county committees are able to spend uh, much higher amounts, essentially unlimited amounts. And finally, we're talking about legislative leaders and their ability to control committee assignments in the Senate and Assembly and control which bills get votes. Kate, what is the line? So the line is a phenomenon that exists in New Jersey, not just in New Jersey, but um, and not in all of New Jersey. There are parts of New Jersey that don't use the ballot line, but we do. So we vote in columns. So when you go into the voting booth or if you vote by mail, you pick a column, right? And most people vote column one most of the time. People visually just see option one. Those are always the incumbents. So it's name recognition. And then anyone else, if you don't have a full column, you just look like some weirdo on the far corners of the ballot. Um, and, you know, that's all done intentionally. And it just kind of taps into, you know, subliminal things that voters bring with them to the polling place without them really realizing what they're doing. And another way they manipulate the ballot is by running what are called phantom candidates. And these are people that they're real people. They fill out all the paperwork, but they're not really running. And what they do is they put these phantom candidates between the column one people and all of the real challengers to push challengers as far right as possible into what we affectionately call ballot Siberia, where it looks like you are just, you know, crazy people that filled out the, the paperwork for on a lark. So we had um, two columns of phantom candidates that we held on the ballot for the June 4th primary. Um, and what was interesting, amusing, in fact, was that um, one of the phantom candidates did what no phantom candidate had done before and answered the phone when reporters called. 
So Jason Witt was one of the phantom candidates. He was recruited by Kevin Buccioni, who is the president or VP of the Black Horse Regional Board of Ed. Um, and when he talked to Matt Friedman of Politico, he said he didn't know why he was running for freeholder. Somebody had asked him to do it. He didn't have a platform. He said maybe just like perks and stuff. Um, so it was clear he wasn't a guy that wanted to be a candidate. He was really just there to be a spoiler. And in fact, this has been going on for a long time. The machine started doing this against Republicans. So they started running spoiler Republican candidates who were not really running, but were just there to split the vote. And then they said, hey, we could do this against our own. We could do this against other Dems to make sure that the machine has this advantage. We know the names of the phantom candidates. We've looked at ballots of the, the nominating petitions that they've signed. And it's a really easy trail to mark. You know, as you go along, you see the same names. Um, in one case, it's even like a mother-daughter who take turns being phantoms. Um, and, you know, who are these people? Why are they recruited? How are they recruited? Um, it's really troubling. And it's really troubling that people that are on a board of education are, are doing this. Like, this is an unethical thing. And it's definitely, you know, causing intentional voter confusion. It says a lot about the machine that that's how they want to run elections, that they want to confuse voters. So, right, the line is not only something that's used against primary challengers, but it's also a way to keep politicians that are already elected in line. Uh, a good example is in the last primary, there was from LD8, which is mostly Burlington County and Marlton area, the Republicans who also used the same system. Uh, they had uh, uh, Don Adiego, she switched parties from Republicans to the Democrats. And for a few days, her, her assembly counterpart, Joe Howarth, he was unreachable because apparently he was maybe considering switching with her. Uh, he ultimately did not switch and eventually they, they made contact with him again. But because of they, they questioned his loyalty, they kicked him off the line. Now, he was an incumbent assembly person. But in the next primary, the same voters, which last cycle had voted for him overwhelmingly in the primary, suddenly decided to vote for Gene Stanfield, who was given the line in his place. And he was defeated. And so now Gene Stanfield is an assembly person and Joe Howarth is not. So this, is, this line is not only used against the primary challengers, but it's also used to make sure that politicians, once they're elected, don't start getting independent thoughts and thinking they can do whatever they like. So, right. Absolutely. It's all about loyalty and obedience. That's what right. it's all Lo Loyalty is a big word for the machine. Right. So the next way they control politicians and they control the primaries and they dictate our votes is through money. So tell us a little bit about how the county committees control uh, the money that goes into elections. Yeah. So the county committees are a way for the machine to get a lot of donations and it's a little bit more invisible. I mean, it's there. If you look on elect, you can find all of these donations. Um, but it's a way to really, again, kind of to build up this giant war chest. And it, they're able to, again, kind of put those funds wherever they need them. So if it seems like there's a candidate who might have a primary challenge, or, you know, there might be an election that in some way is contested. And it's important to keep in mind that in Camden County, the, the Republican versus Democrat elections are not intense. The general elections are not real contests so much as the primaries in some ways. Um, so yeah, so there's different limits in terms of what you can donate to committee as opposed to what you can donate to a candidate. And it's a much, you know, it's much, much more money that you can give to committee. And again, there's this sense of it not being visible. 
Um, so that's where a lot of dollars go is to this, to the, to the committee as well as to PAC. Right. And what's George Norcross's PAC? Tell us a little bit about general majority. Yeah. So general majority, um, takes in a lot of money and then pays a lot of people. Um, so a lot of, uh, local officials donate to general majority. My mayor donates to general majority. Um, a lot of general majority funds go to people like Steve Sweeney. Um, so again, it's this way to build up an enormous amount of funds and then to use it wherever it's needed. What it would take to change it is people that would say, we don't, we want to fix the law. And, you know, when we have machine loyalists in office, we don't have that, that push for, for reform. So that's a great segue into talking about the control that these machines exercise over legislators, even once they're in office, because the control doesn't stop in the primary, it continues when they're uh, put into office. Um, one of the ways that they do that is through committee assignments. So in the, to take, for example, the New Jersey State Senate, the Senate has certain subcommittees. They have one for education, they have one for transportation, they have one for uh, the Judiciary um, Committee. And all of these committees have certain um, topics under their control and under their purview. And they're very sought after, um, mostly because if you got elected and you wanted to get something done, those committees are, are the best place to do them. Um, but also because they have a great deal of control over which bills can move, which means which bills can get a vote in the entire Senate. Uh, you can't get a bill voted on unless it comes out of committee first. And that decision is essentially made by the committee chair. So if you're assigned to a chairmanship or you're assigned to a committee, then you have a great deal of control over the bills. You also have a side benefit of you can um, extract more donations because a committee chair is far more powerful than some random legislative backbencher. So if you're the chair of the Judiciary Committee, you can expect to see a lot of campaign donations from lawyers and, and other legal entities. So that helps your reelection and helps you, you know, pay your staff well and have a nice office and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the committee assignments, um, it's unusual in New Jersey. In most states, there's a different process. But uh, in New Jersey, the state Senate president decides the committee assignments. So Steve Sweeney personally decides whether you get that assignment or not. And that means if you make Steve Sweeney mad, he will kick you off of your committee. And this happens. This is not theoretical. This just happened with the vaccine bill. Uh, a Democratic senator named Joe Lagana, he voted against the vaccine bill, which um, he had previously suggested he would vote for. And when that happened, Steve Sweeney wanted it to pass. And because Steve Sweeney wanted it to pass, uh, he was mad at Joe Lagana. And the next day, Joe Lagana was kicked off of the Judiciary Committee. And so it's a clear message to people that they better vote the way that they're told. So that's one form of control. Um, another form of control is that there is no public referendum process. And now that process can get abused. We see in California that the, the public referendum process is uh, frequently a problem. It, it causes all kinds of problems, but it does give you something of a fail safe over the legislative process. There is a way to go around the, the presidents of the uh, different houses of the California legislature. Uh, in New Jersey, there's not. Even ballot questions have to be um, approved by the legislature. So legislators in office are controlled pretty tightly. They'll lose their committee assignments. They will lose donations. Uh, they can be kicked off the line. And there's nothing we can do about this. We can't even start uh, a citizen-led ballot process to fix this. So how do we fix this? I said at the outset of the podcast that the argument being made here was that the legislative process in New Jersey has failed us. It's failed public workers but it's failed voters in general. We don't need to look any further than things like marijuana decriminalization and legalization or the millionaire's tax, 
both of which are incredibly popular in New Jersey and still have not passed through the legislature, to see that the wishes of the voter are mostly an afterthought. And that's even more true when you're talking about a smaller subset of voters like NJEA members, CWA members, public employees, and their families in general. So what do we do? Well, if the path of progress bills start to move, NJ21 United as an organization feels that sending our Action Network emails, that calling our legislators, writing our legislators, setting up meetings in their offices, that that's not enough. It's not working. If Steve Sweeney and if George Norcross, who's the power behind him, if they really want to pass the Path to Progress bills, it will be incredibly difficult to stop them. There's some hope in the legislature as far as the assembly goes. Uh, all is not lost on those fronts. But as we saw with the recent panel commission vote, which passed 30 to 1 in the Senate, which is a veto-proof majority, if they want to pass this, they will, and we won't be able to stop it, not through, not through contacting legislatures. Where does that leave us then? It leaves us contemplating job actions. NJ21 United as an organization isn't built around the idea of asking what's possible or asking what we're allowed to do. NJ21 United is built around the idea of organizing first and letting the law follow. Tell us what must be done, tell us what we need to do, and then let's fight like hell for it. So as we sit here and we contemplate job actions, we think about withholding our labor. Let's remember that withholding our labor is never illegal. This is the one power that the working class will always have. If you're worried about path to progress, if the idea of how you're going to pay for your family's health care keeps you up at night, if you don't know how you're going to make ends meet as you age because you don't know what's going to happen to your pension, then don't despair. Get busy organizing in your building because we have a lot to do. Steve Sweeney is busy right now, I'm sure, working on his path to progress. So we need to be working twice as hard. Thanks for joining us again on The Common Good, and we'll see you next time. Has come in here to dwell. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? My daddy was a miner, and I'm a miner's son, and I'll stick with the union till every battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? They say in Harlan County there are no neutrals there. You leave.